The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at Service Evolution. And uh, man, I don't know if I've been probably the most excited I've ever been on this podcast is about right now. About to wet my pants. I got uh, Jim Squared on here. Yeah, Jim Robinson, my co-host today. Of course, always Jim. Welcome back. Always to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Good morning. And then so excited because we have a renowned expert in customer service, leadership, organizational culture, keynote speaker, uh, yeah. author, right? Author. I mean, you pretty much don't know. Jim Knight, Thanks, guys. I show, really man. appreciate it. A little inside baseball. We tried to do this before, and I uh, was excited that you guys invited me to give it another college try because I was doing one of my speeches. But I am stoked to be here. Thank you so much, gents. Yeah, awesome. Man, we're glad to have you. For those who, uh, who may not know you, I don't know who that would be, but for those who don't know you, if you could give us a little background on who you are, that would be awesome as a way of kind of getting started. Yeah, you know, my, my background's really hospitality. My very first job, actually, was when I was uh, 15 years old. I started at Gatorland. I'm from Central Florida, so I actually worked at a gator farm, which was kind of my first foray into hospitality. Worked a little bit at Olive Garden, but I went to college to be a musician. I do have a music degree in performance and education. Uh, while I was there, I found out to make a living, you actually had to be good. So I changed careers and uh, <laughs> I became, you know, they say those that can't do teach, Sean. So that I, I decided to teach. teach that's right. I became a middle school teacher for oh. six years. I liked that a lot, but took a summer job at a hard rock. Um, happened to have been the busiest restaurant in the world here in Orlando. And uh, I just fell in love with the culture and the people and stayed there for 21 years. I ran training and development for them globally all the cafes, hotels, casinos, and live music venues. And then about 11 years ago, I jumped ship to do my own thing. I'm an entrepreneur, like you said, a keynote speaker, an author, um, sometimes podcaster. So I just dive into stuff that makes sense for me, culture, leadership, engagement, and of course, customer service. I mean, that's really a big part of what I do. So that's, that's, the, that's the quick skinny, man. I love it, man. We... um we first got exposed to you at a conference that we went to uh, through RIFMA. It's the Restaurant Facility Maintenance Association. Yeah. And we saw you speak there. And, man, I was floored. It was such a great, a great keynote. Thank you. And I, ever since then, I'm like, man, I cannot wait to talk to this guy and get him on this podcast. He's well, so it's not, fun. you know, if you're, listening, I I, I, if you're listening in audio, that's one thing. But if you're actually watching video right now, you can see I got the spiky hair and I'm, I'm pretty loud and fast and aggressive. And if the audience can keep up with me, it's usually a pretty fun ride. If I'm in front of some people where they like to talk slow, uh, I'm a little bit of a, <laughs> I'm a little bit of some shock and awe. <laughs> yeah, there definitely was that. I've been to a lot of keynotes and I'm like, man, this guy is on fire. And I was like, 
those new energy drinks must be the hit. I mean, it was crazy how you had, wow, it was like, and it was the middle of the day. Yeah. It was, it was one of those luncheon things, and I was like, whoa, this is a lot. I, there was so much content. I should, and I don't ever do anything without a, without a journal sitting in front of me because I take copious notes on people and what they talk about. Yeah. Today will be no different for sure, but that, that keynote was awesome, and it would be something I will never forget. Oh, man. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I actually should probably sell two products. We talked you know, about hair care products before we jumped on here. <laughs> I Good. should probably have my own glue of some sort, but the other should be like, I should have an energy drink, I think, right? Is as uh, crazy as I get on I'm stage. I'm saying. <laughs> energy drink that Yeah, rocks. man, there we go. There it is. Yeah. Is that free or are you selling that to me? Do you own that? You own that IP. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> TM, trademark, hashtag. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you on here. We have a bunch of stuff to jump in. This podcast is really about the service industry. Yeah. You know, Jim uh, will back me up on this. We, we are here to serve. We love what we do. And we create this podcast to be able to share that and get people on here that are equally as passionate about serving yeah. other people. And, you know, having seen your keynote and, you know, listened to your podcast, there's no question that, you know, you've definitely, uh, you've got the right stuff for this kind of thing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you bring up in your keynotes and in your books and and, uh, in your content. Um, And one of the things that you talk about is being really customer obsessed. You know, and, and so for that, why is that so important if people want to stand out in today's business landscape? Well, I mean, first off, I think there are so many people and brands that aren't doing it um, that it almost mandates that you have to. And I guess I should I should sort of quantify what obsession is. You know, when I talk about customer obsession, yeah. you know, when you're obsessed about a thing or a person you will lose your mind doing anything and everything to try and get that thing or that person, right? You, what, pick whatever product, whatever human you want to. If you're obsessed about them, there is way more attention to detail and sense of urgency and eye contact and genuine care. Like you will slather as much as you possibly can with, with blazing speed so that you can get that. And, you know, I remember maybe 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago, I'm dating ourselves here. Um, There were a lot of companies, I think, who went out of their way and Mm. do that, where now it's almost a rarity. And, and, you know, I don't know why this is, but COVID should have taught us something. When we were all, I mean, anybody in the service industry, if there weren't people going out or spending money, you know, you, you started to take all that for granted and people were trying to figure out stuff left and right on what they could do. And now all of a sudden when COVID's done and people start coming back, you would have thought people, you know, I'm saying people, I'm meaning leaders of organizations, people would have been bending over backwards to focus on the guest, the consumer, the customer. And yet it's just become, I don't know what it is, this yeah. apathetic, laissez-faire, oh, well, you can come in or not come in. And it, it blows mm-hmm. my mind, you know, as the three of us, we study this stuff. I write about it. I talk about it. It just absolutely freaks me out that there are so many people that are not obsessed, completely gaga about the end user. Because you know what's going to happen. If you do that right, they're going to come back, they're going to spend more money, and they're going to talk about you positively, 
which are the only three things I ever care about. And I've seen every customer survey. I care about everything that you want to do in the business. Yeah, I care if the restrooms are clean and the light bulbs are working and yeah, 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 all that tactical stuff. But the last three, are you coming back? Are you spending more? And are you talking about me positively? And that's what obsession does. It creates a memory where you get to those three questions answered. Yeah. All right. Well, I just filled up my book on that one. That's it. See you guys later. And scene. That's it. (laughs) Episode over. The big end. And yeah, we're done. done. Yeah, that's such good content. I mean, the delivering the personalized services. I'm writing a book and finishing a book. It's called Consistently Great Performance. And one of the chapters says, thanks is lazy. Yeah. And it's because people just casually say thanks. That ain't enough, man. You got to be a wow when you say thank you. Right. There's got to be a point to that. Thank you. Don't just blurt it out like you have Tourette's. Deliver it with some passion. <laughs> Deliver it with some content. No doubt. So how about some practical tips here, Jim? What is, going beyond that generic customer service. Don't be the lazy guy, but what is that practical tip you can give the audience today? Make it personal. What does that look like? Well, you're alluding it right in your question. I think if you can personalize it, and I would go even farther and say, if you could truly customize and individualize the experience, the interaction, it could be in the greeting, it could be a moment somewhere in the experience. My background is mostly food, beverage, retail. Um, but I would say this about anybody who's selling a product or a service, you've got to make it about them. And when you can do some sort of an unexpected comment or greeting, all of a sudden they, they tend to get a little bit of a pep in their step. And now you guys saw me in a keynote where I shared this, this idea when I was a host, when I was standing in the front of, of 7,000 people that would go through this restaurant, I went through the stuff that my boss taught me. I did go you know, welcome to hard rock. That was my background, smoking or non-smoking. You know, you went through that spiel, but then right afterwards, I'm doing exactly what you said, personalizing the experience. And I would say things like if they were wearing a cowboy hat, I'd say, what's up, Tex? Now, one of two things are going to happen. It's either very cool or it's not, but you're a risk taker (laughs) to stick your neck out to go. Most people are coming in with disposable income. So I'm talking about their shirt, their earrings, if there's something that I can vibe with them, maybe they're wearing some sort of a rock and roll t-shirt or they're maybe wearing my logo, I would do that. And, and I equate this to, you know, if you ever fly Southwest Airlines, I watch the flight attendants at the front. The really good ones, it's hilarious. Somebody will be coming onto the plane yeah. and let's say they're wearing a Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt. And they're like, Philadelphia Eagles, fly, Eagles, fly. And then, you know, the person gets all excited and they go down the, the aisle way. About four people (laughs) later, someone's showing up with the New York Giants hat. They're like, New York Giants, fist pump. You know they're not a fan of either one of those teams, but they know when you say (laughs) something like, man, I love your hair. I love your earrings. I love those shoes. What? You get a little pep in your step. And so I think not that you have to go completely over the top, but I do think when you can make somebody feel seen and heard, you got them. You got them for a little bit longer. I don't know how long you bought them, but you just got them a whole lot longer than if it was just transactional, like you said, Jim, of just saying thanks. That That is absolutely not good enough. You've got to make it about them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jim, I think your hair is great. What's up? Which one are you talking to? Both of you. <laughs> yeah, who, who are you talking to? Yeah, we, 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 both, both of you guys have great hair. I just yeah. want to tell you. <laughs> hey, 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 settle down, John. Easy, easy, easy. You know, Jim Knight, we talk about mediocrity all the time. Uh, it feels like 
mediocrity and having mediocre service is just the norm. Yeah. It's just a freaking norm. It is. And I know there's experience after experience where, and there's moments that those moments are those acceptable moments of being mediocre can be transformed uh, into opportunities to be great. And, and I wonder if you could talk, I, I know you talk about this a lot, uh, you know, in your content. Uh, and I wonder if you could talk about what does it take for a business to spot those moments and turn them from mediocre to amazing? Yeah. Well, I, I start with with feeling your your angst, man. It's so tough. And I do talk about it quite a bit because we as a society have just lowered the bar. And I think, you know, and I'm a part of this. I mean, I actually call it acceptable mediocrity. We've accepted that this is just the way things are. And, yeah. you know, you guys are probably uh, my age, maybe a little bit younger. I do remember mm-hmm. 30 years ago, I would, if something was just mediocre, I'm not talking about bad, just mediocre, I would call the manager over. Or I used to be a letter writer. I would write a letter. These days you could go on TripAdvisor or Yelp or whatever. But now it just sort of seems to fall on deaf ears. And, and of course, nobody wants conflict. So we just yeah. we go into a place and it's la, 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 la. And you just get in and get out. If I don't have to deal with the human, it's fine. Because it's such, a, a, you know, we're just ensconced in, in mediocrity. And Jim, you were saying the word thanks. I actually think I, I talk about four-letter words. When I hear the words fine, good, or if you spell it out, okay, I just, these words scream of mediocrity to me. So. I think when you hear, first off, if you hear these words and you're a leader in the organization, you have got to question it and address it immediately. There's a lot of things you can do because at the very least, they're not getting, like you said, a wow experience. They're not getting their mind blown. They're not getting yeah. their face yeah. you know, melted off. They just had a eh, meh sort of experience. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I think there's some things we can do. If I don't hear words like, I think, Sean, you said this, like awesome or fantastic or this place rocks or whatever it is then I'm, yep. not, I'm not sure you're doing yourself a service to just sort of let it lie. So, you know, the practical, tactical things are uh, on the front end, you've got to talk about it on a regular basis. You've got to make sure everybody is singing off the same sheet of music. You know, you can't just talk about great, awesome customer service or customer experience we like to talk about in our world on day one. You don't just do it during orientation. Yeah. It's like a regular thing. If this is truly important to you, You've got to make it not only mission critical, you've got to reference it on a regular basis. And then in that business, I can't tell you what it is because every business is different, but they need to have discussions. What would it look like? What would it look like for me to rock your world? What would it look like for you to completely create customer, guest, consumer obsession and have those discussions? And when you figure out what that is, that becomes the norm versus you just show up, punch the time clock and whatever, man, whatever happens, happens. That's how you get mired down in the thick of mediocrity. That that stuff absolutely kills me. I can't stand it. Kills me. Yeah. I was just having a thought on this. Off topic here, probably slightly, just a nanosecond here. Give me, share some time with me, guys. That just struck a chord with me because there's a saying, how you do anything and how you do everything. And those listeners right now, we need to also do the same thing for our own teams. We need to have that wow factor for our team because if we're doing the same thing when we go out somewhere, I always say being in the customer service business makes me a better buyer. I want to reward. I want to say thank you. I want to say, wow, that just rocked my world. Thank you for that. That steak was amazing. That burger was outstanding. I want to be a better buyer. And it's really because of what I do. 
But that was just an eye opener for me. That was an aha moment. The light bulb turned on. I'm like, I got to do a better job, even with my team. I gotta, I gotta say wow to them, even. So wow, thank you yeah. for that. That was that was. I, a I would even moment. go. I would go. Well, thank you. I would go a step further. To be honest with you, I think that's the sole focus that you should be paying attention yeah. to. Uh, you know, especially as you get further up in the organization, if you're the CEO, you're the founder, you're the one who started the joint, or or maybe you're just a manager and you've got X number of employees working for you. You can't be everywhere at once for every customer, every guest. You know, this is the service profit chain, by the way. A lot of people have yeah. seen or heard about this. I, I didn't create it. It's been out there for like 50, 60 years. But if there's a way for you to focus exclusively on the team members, you get them to have a positive experience and you love on them, yeah. they're going to keep showing up. They're going to be engaged. You will create a, a, an army of giants who will then parlay up to the top to take care of the gas. I don't even focus yeah. on the customers anymore. My entire world is in a parallel universe. I am down below the surface, <laughs> hanging out with the employees. And if I do yeah. that right, man, it makes all of our lives so much easier. We have less heartburn. The guests are going to be taken care of. So I'm wow. with you on that. All right, Sean. I love you, man. I haven't said I love you in a long time, man. I just Aww. I love you. You're just the greatest in the world. Now you've gone too far. Oh, man. You mean the world to me, Timing on that was a little suspect, You're killing it. (laughs) Love it. All right. We got to talk about mental (laughs) shelf space. I think I just owned a little bit of shelf space in Sean's space there. but did. You did. This is awesome. This is juice right here, listeners. You got to pay attention to this. Jim's about to deliver some content for you. The concept, how businesses effectively occupy special place in their customers' mind, that mental shelf space. Yep. What does that look like? Yeah, so I, mental shelf space is something that I came up with a long time ago. That language, I'm sure I didn't invent it. But uh, if you go to the root of what that is, it's the area of memory storage from where you make decisions. And of course, just like you said, y- your business has got to be up top of mind. And and. I'll do a little science experiment with you guys just to have a little bit of fun. Nice. Um, do, do either one of you guys own uh, a pet, a dog, or a cat? Yes. Yes. What do you have, Sean? I have three dogs. You have dogs. All right. Give me five brand name dog foods in five seconds. Go. Brand name dog foods? Mm-hmm. Uh, Blue Buffalo. Okay. Um, damn, I only buy Costco. <laughs> Is Costco? It's two Blue Buffalo Costco uh, brand. Two um, Perina. Um, okay, but brand? your five yeah. seconds are up. And, but, but but I give you those three. Yeah. Right, let's do I this. Three man, that suck. That's all right. That's all right. So uh, I'm sure both of you guys uh, brush your teeth today. So uh, Jim, I'm gonna do the same thing. Give me five brand name toothpaste in five seconds. Go. Uh, Crest, Colgate, Praveen. Um, Praveen. I think you made that up, but go ahead. It's a prescription based for sensitive teeth. Oh, you, I didn't want to split hairs here. Come on now. This is just brands. Um, Kmart, Walmart, and Costco. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Costco brand is the answer for everything. It, it, it doesn't matter. I can say anything. What's your favorite vacation, favorite food, favorite color? What happens is the, the mental shelf space is also the mental Rolodex. The first yeah. brand is a brand you guys buy. The second one is your backup brand. When you, they don't have the first one, you go for the second one. The third one is not a brand you buy. It just happens to be because you know the commercial. You've seen the billboard or you're aware of it. 
but you can't get to the fourth or fifth that quick. If we sat here and thought about it, you could 20 seconds, 30 seconds later. Businesses are just like that. If somebody, and this is a problem, Hard Rock actually had an issue. Mm. I want to go back to 2004 when we were doing some health studies. The, the number, I don't remember the exact number, so don't, don't hold me to it, but it was above 70%. 70% of all people that came to a Hard Rock cafe stumbled upon them by accident. They're driving down the road and they go, oh, look, Hard Rock, whoop, and they turn in. Stumbled upon them. We still got a lot of people, but they're not thinking about going there as a destination. They didn't even know there was a property in their backyard, whatever it is. So my problem is if if you do not have positive experiences happening, you're less likely to be up in the top three. The more that you can have when you're so obsessed, when people have an unbelievable experience, you're up in the top three. If you're not there, you have no hope, none of getting people to come back to the well on a regular basis. So when I talk about mental shell space, it's really the byproduct more than anything else. The the real crux of it are the things that we've already been talking about. Obsession, personalized experiences, totally positive on a regular basis. Because you know we're going to make a mistake somewhere, but every time we have a negative experience, we need to have 10 more positive to come over the top. That's how you stay at least in the top two or three. If you're number four, you're out. That's spot on. I don't buy number four. <laughs> I certainly don't. I barely buy. I definitely buy number two, and I, I would prefer number one. Yeah, that's so crazy, man. Costco, Costco brand, Costco. That's the answer. Yeah, Costco <laughs> brand, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> I love. They have blue buffalo, and I will buy it every time. But eh, that's that funny. pretty good. That's pretty good, man. I was saying, well, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll thank our sponsors. We'll be right back, and uh, we get to drink water while we're doing it. <laughs> water. All right, thanks, guys. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326. Or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? Sean Black at Service Evolution back with Jim Square today. He had Jim Robinson in the house and Jim Knight. It's almost too much. It is too <laughs> it's much. almost too much. <laughs> too much, Jim. It's too, too much, much Jim. <laughs> it's too much of Jim at one time. We, uh, man, we've been going through a bunch of really amazing content here. We're talking about, you know, customer experience, uh, you know, that mental shelf space for companies, that impression you leave on people. The you know the absence of or the the acceptable mediocrity that's out there and really creating experiences that change people's perspective, their lives, their everything when they come through the door. And I really want to take a moment, step back, and talk about creating raving fans. This is one of the, one of the topics I know you, you chat about, um, and we're really kind of eager to hear about you know, creating uh, raving fans. And so could you kind of provide us some standard examples of companies that 
have achieved the, you know, their share of, of raving fans or, or share key lessons from them? Yeah. Well, I think even the term raving fans um, is such a cool way to think about your end users, your customers. And I know behind yeah. me on my bookshelf, I've got the book somewhere back there, Raving Fans uh, by Ken Blanchard. If, if you've not mm -hmm. read this, especially if you're a business reader, it is still like in the top 100 of all business books. It's it the type is, of books I love. Book. It's very thin. It's got big letters. If it had pictures, it'd be even better for me. Um, but, but it's all, uh, it's all, it's all told through an analogy, right? It has nothing to do with an individual industry. So I think if people read that, and I used to teach an entire day long class on creating raving fans before I started my own content. Now, now I talk about service that rocks. That tends to be the, uh, the there mantra, it but it's basically the same thing. Who is creating raving fans? It's, it's probably easy uh, to use the overused um, Chick-fil-A, but I'm a huge fan of Chick-fil-A. I'm sure some people are not and are throwing stuff at their, their monitor right now. I love them for a variety of reasons, not just the my pleasure, which feels very authentic. They're so efficient. They're so effective in every way. I've never had a mistake in a Chick-fil-A drive through I, I think, yeah. you know, even now, I, and I eat there like two, three times a week. I got a problem. I'm eating that chicken every single day. I, I, there's no fast food restaurant. If I see three, four cars in, in the line, I'm not getting in that line. Chick-fil-A, it can be wrapped around the building twice. I have no problem. I know I'm getting out of there in less than 10 minutes because they have figured out a way to be so efficient. So I, I, there's so many things we could talk about with them, but they're, even their results speak for themselves. They are still the fastest growing and most profitable fast food restaurant in the entire country. And so when they start going global, I think a lot of people are going to freak out. Um, you know, we talk about Zappos. Are you guys familiar with Zappos? They come yeah. up quite a bit. Yep. You know, it's an online shoe company who don't even sell their own shoes. And and the guy who started the thing, who's not with us anymore, Tony Shea, yeah. just said, I'm going to be the greatest customer experience that there is. Not, not in my industry, in any industry. And he did yeah. it. Go look at any top 10 brand health study about great service-oriented companies, Zappos tends to come up. That's a single location with people who just get it. So I love them. Ritz Carlton is probably an easy one because, you know, the old mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, and they really, I think they personalize a lot. I mean, I could share stories right now of things where they start to have a conversation with you at the front desk and they write down these little things, whether it's your brand of cigar or what you like to drink or where you're from. And that goes into a database that they then use. That comes back. There's a lot of recall that they do to just sort of personalize your experiences. Um, I think St. Jude's, you know, from a healthcare standpoint, goes over and above and beyond in making you feel like family. Like you're almost in an extension of your home versus being in a healthcare facility when the majority of the kids in there are practically terminally ill. You know, there, there's not, you would think there's not a lot of hope, but people come out of that and it's the way they have that positive mentality. Um, I can think of one in banking. I think Capital One only because I think they have decided I'm going to put them into a lobby experience versus a bank. So they've got these Capital One cafes. They, they don't talk about it so much on their commercials anymore, but you get a cup of coffee and they've got kiosk and they've got their bank managers are kind of hanging out as if they're some hotel manager. I mean, it feels very warm and inviting. So that one's a little bit more, I would say, um, you know, about the environment, about the atmosphere, not necessarily just the delivery. 
man, if you want to talk about some of my loves for convenience stores. So I don't know where you guys yeah. are from, but if you know Wawa or Sheets or Bucky's, either of these three. Bucky's. Bucky's. I mean, they, they, they go out of their way. And again, their product is awesome. The, the yeah. aisles, the lighting, the restrooms are so clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the interaction with all of the people at any of those three brands, Wawa, Sheets, or Bucky's, they, they blow my mind. And then there's a couple places locally that I love. Right here in Central Florida, there's a place called Yellow Dog Eats, and it's really because of the founder. This guy has no filter. He is hugging everybody. He's complaining about everything. He talks about the time it takes to slow cook his pork. But let me tell you, he is a breath of fresh air, and people seek out that joint because of him. So, yeah. you know, again, I could easily go with fit and finish and furniture and color palettes and fonts and whatever else. I'm talking about the same stuff that we've been talking about. It's about service that absolutely blows people's minds. That's what's going to get them to come back, spend more money, and talk about me. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot. I can, I can certainly dying. list more, but those are just the first six, seven, I don't know, eight, whatever I rattled off that came to mind. Yeah. So you exceeded <laughs> that five limit thing, that whole. Yeah, you did. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that Our mental shot, man. It's impressive. <laughs> Occupying that mental shelf space, you know, that's, that's yes. such a mind blow. Our listeners just pulled off the road to hear more of this content. I know they're listening so attentively. They got to pay Is that attention. What they're, doing? they're all driving. They're all driving. They right are now. sitting in a parking lot right now waiting for the next <laughs> juice to drop. So uh -oh. let's go, man. How do uh -oh. businesses ensure this? You know, how do they get that permanent spot? Is that possible? Can we get that permanent spot in that, in that, uh, client's mind can we occupy that space forever i think so i think um people aren't going to remember what you said or what you did i think maya angelou said this first they're going to remember how you made them feel yeah. but i do mm. think it's a combination of what you're saying and what you're doing that ultimately gets to that emotional connection i think if you get ensconced into their mental shell space you've avoided like we said that mediocrity you know, and, and maybe because this is so sad, maybe the bar really is so low that if you just did a little bit more than what they were expecting, I almost think you're going to win. And I think companies who focus on this will literally leapfrog their competitors. And I talk quite a bit about writing yourself into their story. And, and I really, you know, my business partner, Brant, and I came up with this a while back when we were teaching real estate agents. We were doing some real estate training as part of our training program. And for them, it was a little bit different. I mean, when, when you buy a house from somebody, I'm not so sure if that real estate agent makes its way into the picture with the client. You got your arm around the real estate agent with the keys in the hand. Like You're proud to have a house or a car or whatever, but who's taking pictures with the person that sold it to you? And I can tell you, this happened to me at Hard Rock all the time. I mean, we you know, my hair didn't go up back then. It went down. I had a long mullet. That hair was swaying all over the place back in the 90s. Just rock and roll. And it was loud. Zeppelin, 90 decibels blaring in my ear. And it was just fun rock and roll. But you would have such a, an emotional attachment with some of the guests and having fun. They would take pictures of us to go in their photo album for all time. So I, I think the way that you treat people and... You know, I, I clearly remember when we were talking about these real estate agents, some of them had gotten to the point of not doing the traditional welcome basket, like a gift that you would send to them because of the commission. 
they had really listened to you. And if they thought, let's say you're faith-based or you had talked about putting a swing back there on the back tree or whatever, they had gone out there and created something that was ready to go that you could install this swing. Or they had thought about putting a faith-based quote that was easily uh, you know, affixed or you could take it off the wall that maybe had some Bible quote. I mean, these are things where people go, man, that guy, that girl, they get me. And that's how you write yourself into their story. You become a little bit more, once again, than just sort of this transactional approach. So I, I think you can get mired into their mental shell space that'll you know stay the test of time if you do it right. It doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be very expensive. It just has to be thoughtful. And if you do that right, you're going to win. Authentic. Man, I love that. You brought up the writing yourself in the story. I wonder if you could kind of go into a little bit more and give us an example of that. Well, one of them was like uh, I was saying, I think there are, you know, there are some times where if you, if you really focus your energy into thinking about the end user, and again, I'm going all the way back to personalizing, customizing, individualizing. I think people will, you know, take a photo of you and they'll, they'll probably be part of the family pictures. I think if there's some sort of a, a follow-up, wrap-up gift, um, thinking about them personally and not just doing something generic, I think you can mm. tell when somebody has written themselves into your story because they'll go on something like TripAdvisor and give you a review. And it's unsolicited. It's not because you're asking them, hey, if I did a good job, like on a podcast, give us a rating of five. If people are just doing it, because they wanted to. They're committing to it because of the experience. They're not complying because you told them to or even asked them to. I think that's how you know. So, you know, I, I, I look and see what are the, the outcomes? What are the byproducts? What did you give me? What did you take a picture of? What did you do on my behalf? What did you, what did you put out there and post on social media? Not because I asked you to, because you just truly wanted to. That's how you know. That's really interesting. That reminds me, I actually follow a realtor in Texas, first of all, because the houses are kind of awesome in Texas. <laughs> yes. They're half the cost of the ones in California. And, but the, beyond that, uh, Navarro uh, Real Estate Group, this guy, he goes out of his way to take short clips and movies of the new homeowners celebrating with a bottle of champagne right there, writing him into their story. Yeah. And he takes that with, and it's so, it's such a cool moment to see that happen with them they're so happy and that's the first thing that popped in my head when you when you bring it up and i used to when we go to shows i i take selfies with people who come by the, the booth oh yeah and so <laughs> i send those selfies to them later you know like hey it was really cool meeting you you know so that's that's a really cool concept and uh definitely i think people should be utilizing that a lot more how about this yeah. one how about even preemptively for real estate agents? So one of the things that uh, we taught in this real estate training, we came up with this. We created door hangers that a real estate agent could go around and put onto a, a customer's door that weren't selling a house. And basically, when they would come home, they'd see this door hanger and it'd say, this house rocks. Very rarely do I even put one of these down, but you have the coolest house in the neighborhood. If you ever even think about selling, it needs to have a rock star agent. And I would love to be that person for you. Now, think about that. You get that, and all of a sudden, you already are like hopped up like, what? I got the coolest house in the neighborhood. But you've already preemptively written yourself into their story. I'm not talking about the house is sold. You probably will hold on to that door hanger and think about that real estate agent probably for years until the time comes you really will sell the house. So 
you know, there, yeah. there's a lot of ways to do that. And again, I guess I'm talking more about outcomes, but yeah, you could probably do it on the, on the pre side as well and still make a difference into somebody's life. That makes sense. Like I, again, you know, I had a real estate agent who dropped off a full comp book full for my house and for everything. I didn't ask him to do it. And they're like, Hey, we have someone who's already interested in buying your house. It's a beautiful house. Just like you said. And I have that, I have that book on my desk at home. And every time I get there, I'm looking, man, that, it does you, look good. You, know, nice price you know that agent was listening to Jim Knight. You know that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I, he was I tell you, it was man. the most memorable thing I've ever seen a real estate agent do. And it was mm. just a ton of work. And, uh, and it's still there. Yeah. You know, it probably will be the person I'll, I'll, I'll do business with. Yeah. One day when you sell that Eventually. trailer, you, you will definitely <laughs> go back and find that real estate agent. <laughs> That single winds up for on the market, baby. I need yeah. to upgrade to a double, man. <laughs> you go, you go upgrade. It's time. You deserve it. You deserve it, my yeah. friend. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> I think we got to get close to letting these folks sitting on the side of the road listening to this show right now. They they got to get to work. I don't know what the hell they're doing out there. Uh, some, yeah. some final juice here, though. You know what? What's some like some strategies or actionable items these guys can these guys and gals can just roll out like right now. How can they make a bigger impact in their customers? As soon as they get to the office today, what can they crank up? How can they deliver on that? Hmm, that's a good question. I think, well, there's a lot, but I would say it depends. If you're a standalone entrepreneur working on your own, then there are some things that you could give your own butt a swift kick. You know, you, you can certainly put yourself in gear and I'll talk about those. But let me start with if it's a company, if you're a leader, you've got some people working for you. I would say mission number one is to start internal and hire only rock stars. You've got to go and do your level best to find some top tier talent. Maybe they already all exist. Let's say you've only got four people working for you or 40,000 people. Anytime somebody starts to leave, you know, for whatever reason, you've got to suck it up and leave the position open a little bit longer so that you can go find the right people to do all the things that we just talked about for the last 40 minutes. I think if you can hire absolute rock stars, it's going to solve a lot of issues. So I'd start with that one. The second is, and this could be as a, as an individual or a company, you got to start, um, you got to sort of go back to focusing on core fundamentals. This would be things like mm. personalizing service, attention to detail, having a sense of urgency, you know, which again, just seems to rarely happen. If you just did, let's just say those three things. If you said, we're going to draw a line in the sand, we're going to amp up what we're doing now. From now on, we will personalize the experience. We will have an attention to detail on that guest, that consumer, that customer, that client. And we will have a sense of urgency, not because we have to, because we want to. We will move at blazing speed you immediately, your value proposition goes up. I think people see that and they go, man, that th these guys or girls, they get it and they're, they're working on my behalf. So I think that core fundamental of, of really obsession, I mean, it's really the way I defined obsession right at the, the top of the show. If we did that, I think you're going to be in a pretty good place. How much time do you need to work on that, Jim? I, th that's immediate stuff that you can start doing right now. So it's hire awesome yeah. people do these fundamentals, mm. but then at the back end, the very, very last one, I think if you're a manager, you've got to go over the top when it comes to service recovery. So let's just say it is going to go sideways and it will, because most, unless we're 
completely into technology and AI and, and we get into cloning and there's nothing but robots here. You know, that's hopefully a long time away. We have humans yeah. working for us. Humans are going to make mistakes. And if, if a guest or a customer is upset, I think you got to do everything to go, you know, again, bend over backwards to say, I want to make it right. And maybe, just maybe the way that you solve that issue may even have the experience better than what the person was intending the very first time they came into contact with you. It's actually better because of the way you solved it. So if I had to guess, man, those are my three immediate. Hire rock stars, focus on these fundamentals of what I think obsession is about, which is personalizing the experience, attention to detail, sense of urgency. And then ultimately on the back end as a leader, just just do everything in your power to just crush it from a service recovery standpoint. You do those three things. I, I can't imagine that you can't have the, a trajectory where you're just world beaters. You're producing Herculean results on a regular basis, not a one-time, yeah. one-hit wonder. Tony Robbins, one time, I think he said, you know, if, uh, if money didn't matter, what would you do? So if money didn't matter, what would you do? And that, because sometimes companies get stuck, oh, well, there's a dollar attached to that. I can't do that. I got to wait until it's zero. But yeah. what would you do if it didn't matter? What would you do? That's a powerful statement. That's at, is that your rhetorical me. question for the audience or is that for me? That's, that's <laughs> provoke the thought and everybody but, is literally. Well, I'll do one better. That's a Tony Robbins. It. I'll give you a gymnitism. If every single employee was a volunteer, would you treat them differently? Because if every single one of them didn't depend on you for money and they just showed up because they wanted to, would you act and behave as a leader? Would you behave differently? And a lot of people would say, no, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. But the reality is that's, that's your heart speaking. Your mind would say, I'd have to do more. I, I, I got no power at all. I got nothing but love to give you. You're awesome. You're fantastic. You totally rock. Please, can you come back tomorrow? Every single volunteer philanthropic organization is exactly like that. So if I could get leaders to think differently internally about their employees as truly yeah. volunteers, I think then money wouldn't matter because it would just be flowing in. It would just be so easy yeah. if we had people that are just activating like that. That's awesome. We're changing everybody to volunteers starting today. Boom. <laughs> um, um, well, good luck with that. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Right, we'll, still get paid we'll, to volunteer. We'll keep I'm going, going, going a little bit longer. That's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Man, all right, we're we're done. We're gonna close out the show. There's so much content that you know we went through. I don't even know where to start, but uh, we'll wrap up. And 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 Jim Knight, if there's one thing out of all the things that we talked about today that you that you would kind of refer back is your, is the key takeaway for people who are listening. What would you say it would be? What for you? What would it be? Well, you know, I talk a lot about organizational cultures. A part of that is service, like we're talking about service at rocks. And I'm a firm believer, regardless of your position, I think a single person with great ideas can start a revolution. That's how countries are overthrown. That's how philanthropic organizations get started. That's how company cultures get amped up. And I think everybody who's listening or watching right now, regardless of their role, they can start coming to the party, giving some really good ideas, thinking creatively, how can I make things better for the end user today, better than it was the day before that? Best ideas get on the table, best ideas win. So I really do believe if people take that, not with a grain of salt, but they really lean into it and think, man, I'm one of these people, a single person with a great idea could start a revolution. I think me as a consumer, I'm an experiential starved consumer. 
I'm on the hunt for businesses that can do that. And I got a loud mouth. I'm going to talk about people. I'm going to write about them uh, and I'm going to spend my money with them. So if they can get to me, they get some cool loyalty out of it. That's for sure. Yeah, man, that's great. I, I'm so grateful for you to come on the show. I I feel like I've learned so much and I love the content. I love the energy that you bring to the service industry for those who want to connect with you, learn more about you. What's your next gig? Is something coming up? Something you want to share with uh, the the fans here? Yeah, I mean, uh, all roads lead to my website. It's uh, nightspeaker.com. So it's my last name, K-N-I-G-H-T, nightspeaker.com. There's video. You can see all my books on there. There's clips of me speaking. You can see all the different programs. Most of my stuff are either for an association or an individual company where they've hired me to come in. So they're not really open to the public, although I, it's part of my agreement. I can have a couple of my friends sort of be in there to experience and see me do my thing if they want. But um, just going to the website, I think will probably influence people, whether they're like, I want more of this guy, I want to hire this guy, or I'd like to get more of his collateral. So man, I, I really appreciate you guys uh, just allowing me to, to talk about that. And, and again, just being on the show, it's a, it's a complete honor for me. I'm just glad we're now friends. Yeah. I like you one of you mean? guys a lot. <laughs> 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 you guys can draw straws. I'm not going to tell you who. Yeah. <laughs> top secret. Man, it's so funny. Well, thank you so much, man. I, 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 uh, I can't even uh, tell you how much I appreciate being on. And, and Jim Robinson, as always, man, thank you so much for being here and, and help me co-host this show. It's, it's an honor to be doing Another great things. show. Another great show. So much great Jim content, Knight. man. Yeah, to be so here. good. For everyone who's listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe and give us a like. Leave us a note. We'd love to hear those uh, those comments come back. And we always, always send them to Jim and he can read them. And, uh, and then, man, and for those who are watching us on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Uh, and we'd love to, to see you guys out there. Hit subscribe. Hit the little bell for notifications, especially uh, subscribe because we get to get uh, and do more shows with great content like uh, the content from Jim Knight today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Rock well, on. Jim, we'll catch you on the next event, buddy. Yeah. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. Rock on. Rock on.